Hello. Wow. Kudos to Bree who made that intro. Um, I feel like I've seen that Yeti in intros before, and now we're finally going to cover the Yeti, right? I know. It's our outro video. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm, Yes. Yes. Usually I'm half in the bag when I'm seeing that, and I'm just like, all right, (laughs) that was fun. No, it's because whenever um, it starts to play, you leave. You close the whole you're computer like, screen Deuces. down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of shit going on. You know me. Um, I got to ask you guys a question. Like, I feel like blue is a good color for the Himalayas, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I also feel like, you know, when they, ca- you know, they captured Big Bird and they put him in that cage and they died in blue. And no. they all that bird. They is that before that? your time? Waylon Jennings in that movie. But I feel like that. Time. I feel like Blue Big Bird right now. So, like, I'm thinking maybe I might just go green. If you go green, you kind of match with me. I'm like a green tealy kind of vibe. Oh, no. We need to have that. There we go. That's kind of a more purpley yeah. thing. There we go. Like Sorry. It, yeah. Had to get that out of the way. Um, this is Bobby's Cryptid Corner. Um, welcome back to all the regulars. Uh, per usual, we have Jamie to my left. Or, AKA yeah. Abominable Ho Man. And <laughs> above Jamie, <laughs> we have we have the, the game, game warden. warden. Yes, Tony Baloney. <coughs> no, Tony No Baloney, the skeptical no game Bologna. warden. Ooh. No Baloney, and then goat. Just I'm the same every every time. And I'll be your captain this episode, Snowman Boy. Snowman Yay. Boy will be my today. Um, let's do. Does anyone want to take early shout outs with from me? Yeah, I'll do it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Why don't we go ahead and say hi to Greg, who was the first one here right out of the bat? It's a good Irish name. Hides and Longgrass was also early, as always. We love to see that. God bless Hides and Longgrass. I owe him a a phone call. Enzo is running (laughs) to his computer. Uh, Joe, as always, you gotta fucking show it up. Joey sounds so weird when you do that. It sounds like hey, you're Sarah. like not. It's like who me? Wait, where's yeah, where's Enzo? Like is he here? Oh. Enzo's here. He's running to his computer. Yeah. Did he privately text you that? No, he said that in literally the in the chat. I put the comment up. How did he? Oh, okay. He was I on his phone. Me. I'm such he a boomer. I'm like, well, how would you do that if you're on your computer? All right. Game wardens to do whatever the hell game wardens want to do. Welcome to the show, uh, Down Jones Muller. That's a new one. Is that a new person? No, not at all. All right. Sorry. That's okay. Hi. All right. So we're here to talk about the Awkward. Yeti today. We are super excited for it. So let's just dive right into it right now because it's going to be a long episode, I feel like. Yeah. So strap in. I was dying backstage during the video. I had just noticed Tony's shirt, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, that's a lot we need I to talk about." I hate Jerry, but it's also funny that she. I put Boomer and shirt. Jerry, yeah, and then I put a big foot on Bobby's, of course. First of all, we Boomer need Jerry. to talk about this fucking photo. Okay. All right. One, Kari is posting on the Twitter, but can't what? be here. Oh, Kari took a nap. Kari's super busy, bro. Kari has to leave. First of Mm -hmm. all, I remember the hate that I got for commenting on the show while I was in Peru. That's a different story. 
first world internet access. Listen, everyone has to be hazed around here. That's all we do. Yeah, Tony, we need to we need to get into the Yeti now. Okay, let's do that. All right, geriatric. God, that is fucking so funny. That was a good one. Tony No Baloney with the uh, calling out of Kari. All right. All right. Is that all we wanted to talk about with this yeah. wonderful graphic? Okay. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. yes, this is the first time we're covering it. I saw in the chat, people are like, I thought they've done this before. No, I haven't. How, I was nope. just about to say, how are we well into the triple digits, I believe? Of, yes, uh, we are. Bobby's, Bobby's Cryptid Corner. I mean, we have a few kind of uh, high tier iconic ones. We didn't blow our load early on. No, uh, with that stuff, we wanna we wanna save some of the very notable, popular ones and kind of sprinkle them throughout the entire run of Bobby's Cryptid Corner. So tonight we're gonna be covering the Yeti. Um, if you don't know, I would probably say the Yeti. If you're not considering the Yeti a the same as a Bigfoot, which I do not, we, we do not collectively on Bobby's Cryptid Corner. This is a different creature than the north american bigfoot though similar Mm -hmm. and easily confused um i would say that this is probably the second most famous cryptid maybe loch ness tied with loch ness maybe yeah i just realized i was drinking out of a yeti Ooh, Ooh, meta. Meta. We don't. I'll put it to you this way: we didn't even. We don't even have a sec. There's so much to get to with this. We don't even have a section on like pop cultural impact of the yeah, Yeti. I think. Yeah, I think we there. all kind of know. Be a little uh, preaching to the choir here. You got Yeti coolers. You got Yeti mugs. That's pretty. You got the the shoulder logo from the Colorado Avalanche. That's pretty much it, actually. Oh yeah, I've got some dope. Um, this is not uh, a friendly forest-dwelling Bigfoot type, alluding to my earlier point in which I said this is not the same as a Bigfoot. Um, not to say that Bigfoots in general um, are not known to be aggressive, but the Yeti, I believe, is pretty much always known to be aggressive. They yeah, are a I think wild... anything ape-like is very aggressive. Yes, I would, I would argue in my research I have concluded that they are more ape-like than man. Uh, but we will get into that a little more. Hence, again, not so much the North American Bigfoot, but definitely a connection there. Uh, high risk, do not engage. Here are your physical attributes of the Yeti. Um, similar to the Bigfoot, uh, yeah, somewhere around 8 to 11 feet tall. There's certain versions of it within the folklore, though, of the area where it's reported to be as high as 20 feet tall. But um, I think that that's referring to kind of a more ethereal, spiritual version of this thing. Um, uh-huh. Bree, you were about to say something? I'm just processing what that would look like if I came across something like 20 feet fucking tall. I think I would probably piss myself in my snowboot. Yeah, so let's think about it. This A two-story house is about what? Um, <sighs> is about 20 feet? Six more yeah. or less? 16 yeah. feet, yeah. 16 to 20. Okay, so vaulted ceilings, maybe. So, so add add four feet to that. You got a 20 foot wild oh, beast okay. man in the snow. Um, <laughs> contrary to pro- popular belief in depictions that we see all the time, we just think of it. Our, our we hear abominable snowman, which by the way, the Yeti is the abominable snowman. Um, we think white. We think that it's a white guy. It's not a white guy. It's a brown guy or a red guy. 
or a black haired guy, fur covered in fur, brown, red, or black. The reason uh, it's uh, often depicted as white is obviously because of the snow, the snowman. He lives in the snow, or she lives in the snow. He's you know covered in snow, here. probably. He's just covered in snow. Um, is everything okay over there? Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not get ahead <laughs> of ourselves here. Uh, we got bipedal, ape-like, shark teeth are often reported. I like to refer to him as a beefy, strong boy or a oh, coney head that. monkey guy. I need a I like that too. If anyone wants to write a nerdcore uh, hip hop song called "Beefy Strong Boy Coney Head Monkey Guy," that would be uh, awesome. It uh, reminds me of like you know. Obviously, you guys know I go to Disneyland a lot. So uh, the Matterhorn, and it has, um, which is, you know, about the abominable snowman. And there's that cool part where he's like, Wah! he like jumps out. Wait, is that the, oh, that's Disneyland? Disneyland is the Matterhorn, but the better one is if you go to Florida, to you, the United mm-hmm. Kingdom, there's Mount Everest ride. And that one I'm sure a lot of you guys have gone. So cool. I think that's the last roller coaster I've ever been on. Oh, and it's like the best Matter roller coaster. Horn? And no, uh, Everest. I've never been and on it, any of them. Gotcha. It, even if the line is long, the entire way is full of like news articles and what looks like to be artifacts and basically tells the entire story. Ooh. Um, and then it's a really great roller coaster. Like, yeah, it's it's, ri- it, it, it's literally the only reason to go to Animal Kingdom, to be honest. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. The only reason to go. I went to all the parts. There's the animals. Roller coaster. I was like, I need that one. I need that here in California. There's not really animals. I mean, there are animals, Tony, but that's not the really the focal point of Animal Kingdom. Like you could go to a you could go to one of those local like safari ride things. You know, that's in every small dipshit town. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yes, because there's one like 15 miles away from. Yeah, me. there you go. I knew you would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's like that. Like that's as much as the animal experience you're going to get at, uh, at at the Animal Kingdom. However, as Bree said, the uh, Yeti Himalayas roller coaster. I don't know what it's called. Like that. It's called Everest. Real. Yeah, badass. it's called Everest. It's really cool. I mean, it feels like you're like there for a second, just learning the history. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I remember um, I was standing in line for that ride and the guy in front, one of the guys in front of me was wearing a t-shirt from the band journey. And on the back of at the back, on the back of his t-shirt was the lyrics to that song. Everyone likes. Don't Uh, stop. Yeah. That one. And I said to myself, if that's not the most Norman Rockwell, Disney world, experience i don't know what is you guys know i've never been to disney world never been to universal studios never been to any of it have you been outside of kansas (laughs) you know i've been outside of kansas you went to like peru japan korea south america cuba oh you're so cool Speaking just, of international, I'm going to go from Mexico to ooh. wherever Heineken's from. All right. Here we go. Germany? I think it's Danish, maybe. I don't know. That's Holland. It's from Holland. 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 
Yeah, um, okay. Disney World is crappy, though. Don't worry about it. Let's All let's right. get into kind of uh, the habitat and location. This is a beautiful picture of the Himalayan Mountains, which is in Nepal. Go to the next slide, please. This is the location of the Yete, um, the southwestern border of China and India and Pakistan. China <laughs> <He> said China. <laughs> China. China. Uh, Tibet, Nepal region of the Himalayas is probably what is most known uh, as being the location of the Yeti. However, there are multiple subspecies or versions of the bipedal ape-like giant man creature of of the East. I mean, you got the Alma in Russia. Um, There's all kinds of them uh, throughout. This is not exclusive. I guess my point is this is not exclusively a, obviously a North American phenomenon. Phenomena. And it's definitely worth noting that the Yeti probably is. No, it is. It definitely is. It is the oldest Bigfoot-like cryptid creature on record. Um, we have accounts dating back to as early as the 6th century B.C., and a little later, Bree's going to get into like kind of the folk, local folklore and mythologies and spiritual side of things with the uh, the natives, right? Can we call them native? Can we still call them natives? If they're like, yes, they're still native uh, to the land. Natives. They're native to the land. Yes. Okay. But we got to talk about um, this is a very early account from, I guess, more or less a kind of a Westerner's perspective. Uh, in 1832, this is referred to as the Hodgson account. Because um, it pu- it was published in James Princip's Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal. Say that five times fast. Um, and it's a published account by B.H. Hodgson, who was kind of a adventurer, I guess. He trekked through northern Nepal. Um, and he describes seeing a large bi- bipedal creature uh, covered in hair. Um, and at the time, he believed it was an orangutan. 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 <laughs> Right. Um, but uh, this, where, oh, I lost my place on my notes here. Uh, hold on. Um, so I don't, I don't know what this first sentence really means, especially the first part of it. But um, I don't have any context here because I don't have the original document. But it's uh, religion has introduced the Bandar, a native monkey, into the central region. Um, Tony, did you ever come across the Bondar in your research? Yes, a little bit, but uh, there's nothing scientific to back it up. Interesting. Ooh. Okay. Uh, the Bondar into the central region where it seems to flourish half domesticated in the neighborhood of temples. Interesting. We'll get into that a little bit later. In the populous valley of Nepal proper. So it's almost like these things are like hybrid domesticated like helper monkeys i don't know it's crazy very weird um my shooters were once alarmed in the kachar by the apparition of a wild man possibly an orang i think that's just slang for orangutan they shortened it because he's from the streets um but i doubt their accuracy see um, it, it, given the context of the time, and granted, these people are adventurers, you know, you only have a, a, so much of a Rolodex in your own brain without having the internet or even access to like the Dewey Decimal yeah. System or encyclopedias. 
it, you're going to affiliate any kind of monkey creature with an orangutan because that's what you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they mistook the creature for a cacodemon or rakashas, which I guess is slang for demons because, again, he's from the streets, um, and fled from it instead of shooting it. Probably smart. Uh, Tony, Game Warden Tony, what is your thoughts on fleeing from a monkey demon versus shooting it? Well, uh, <clears throat> one of the things I want to bring up is uh, the... Tony's been drinking, by the way. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. But uh, one of the things that... Just talking. During my research of this while sober, so that I get... <laughs> Drunk Tony will talk about what sober Tony has read. Oh, a little, a little teaser. <laughs> a teaser oh, because otherwise I just don't talk. I ignore it. Okay, well let's just let's just take a hypothetical, not drunk Tony. Um, <laughs> let's just move outside of the the concept of this particular instance and just say you're walking in the woods. You're armed. You see a demon monkey. Mm -hmm. How do you in, do you engage with it or do you flee? Uh, what would you so recommend? Never run from a wild animal, especially a wild animal bigger than you. Oh yeah, Oof. bigger animals. You would be surprised because I've done this way more than I should have ever done. The bigger the animal, Stop. if you're smaller and will. Be willing to smack it in the face or hit mm. it they just like something resets their brain where they go yeah I can eat you too why are you hitting me alright yeah. um, like I don't they, know if that answered my question or not but we can move they, on they, can, they can't process that just so hit yes it. hit it just hit it in the hit face it. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to pretend like you said, stay still, assess the situation, back away slowly and hope and don't make eye contact. In the event that it does charge you, it might be smart to shoot it. No, make make eye contact, punch it in the nose, shoot it in the face. Is, okay. is that what you're supposed to do? Like, if you see a bear, you're supposed to act bigger than it and be like, oh, You're supposed to make it really big. Like, oh, you're supposed to make yourself big well, and loud. Like, oh, <laughs> only if it's a black bear. And we're going to get into that. Let me, let me throw an addendum into this situation because this guy says it moved, they said, erectly. It moved erectly. <laughs> On Does feet. that change your reaction to uh, Demon Monkey? Yes. And Don't we're gonna it. get into Gigantopithecus. Okay. I'm okay. No. Um, again, covered in long dark hair and had no tail. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but an ape. Most and it's like don't. a square and a rectangle. An ape. Wait, a monkey is an ape, but an ape's not necessarily a monkey, right? Right. Huh. Am I just, did I just make that up? No, no, I think no, you're, right. you're right. You're right. And a tail is a sure sign of a monkey, whereas something like a gorilla is an ape. Yes. Yeah. Right? There, 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 there's lots the of classifications. There's lots of classifications think, uh, like that in the animal kingdom. Think Dr. Zayas. Zira. The the gorilla warriors from Planet of the Apes. Those are all apes. Think about Planet of the Apes if you want to know what an ape is. All right, we can go to the next one. I think. I, however, animal. am stone cold sober as opposed to. Uh, I think everybody's sober. Me Tony too. Nibaloni. Say my 
name. You can't talk about the uh, the Yeti without talking about the first man known to hunt the Yeti. This is Sir Edmund Hillary. How rude. Uh, he's one of the first gentlemen in 1953, and in general, just in any time, uh, <laughs> that climbed um, the 29,000-foot peak of Jesus. Mount Everest. And he with lived. a Sherpa. See, I I don't want to I don't want to I don't necessarily want to open this box, Bree. But when we say he's the first man to climb Everest, are we not including the local native Sherpas that perhaps had done that for centuries Ooh, before? Like, do they not count because they're from the area? Yeah, I might. Uh, yeah, because I feel feeding like the woke speculations. There's probably a tons of oh, natives who the... have climbed it. <laughs> <laughs> my woke regulations over here no Probably. speculations <laughs> no i'm just saying like I, i'd be curious to know that like it's like okay he had a sherpa with him it's like his name's tenzing norgay i think that that's him there on the right in the photo it's like well tenzing if Cal. that guy went with him that seems to think like maybe some other sherpas have have hit the top of everest before any before Whitey came along, you know what I'm then saying? Then they should count. Yeah. I think if, if the native people have, have gone up there and they've made it, then they should count. Right? Word. I, I agree. I agree. They're people. Um, Edmund Hillary uh, is a Kiwi. He was born in New Zealand. Learned how to traverse and climb mountains in that native country. Um, served as a pilot in World War II, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he, he did become fascinated with the Yeti as accounts of the region because he had, was familiar with the region. Um, you know, you're, you're going to hear about these types of creatures um, and this cur curiosity about this identity of this abominable snowman um, kind of inspired his search. Um, can we go to the next slide, please? We have accounts of footprints in the snow, in the mud, found indicate this is a very, if you look at any, every, every like book I checked out of the elementary school library about cryptids had this photo on the right, this photo of the, uh, is that Bill Nye the science guy over there? No, that's Sir Edmund, Sir Alec Guinness. Wait, what's his name? Sir Edmund Hillary. I like Guinness. Hillary. Hillary. Um, so, in 1952, him and his partner found, are said to have found hair on a high pass in the mountains related to the Yeti. In 1953, Yeti tracks were found um, by Hillary in the Barrancula range. And there's, I definitely pronounced that correct, by the way. By the way, yeah. drink if we mispronounce anything is the drinking games on this episode. Um, I'm not entirely sure what this photo, which exact one he, this is the photo is of, but the next year, um, members of his team discovered more Yeti tracks in the Chaoyang Valley. Um, uh, and this is where we get into how the Sherpas would kind of describe a variety of, uh, of types of Yetis. So there's one called the Nyalmo. Nyalmo. I'm going to go with Nyalmo. Great. Okay. Um, and this is uh, native to north central Nepal. And this is the giant size one that's up to 20 feet tall. Again, think of a two story house, a Yeti the size of a, a house. I'm going to decline. Uh, man like Harry. Um, and given to shaking giant pine trees and trials of strength while other Nialmos sit around and clap their hands. So they're like a. 
They're a fun bunch of yetis, giant yetis. They like to have tree shaking competitions, I guess. Um, so this is the guy. This is the guy that like kind of um I don't want to say put the Yeti kind of put the Yeti into like I guess the modern Western like psyche, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. you'll see articles about him and his trip to Everest, like all over National Geographic and stuff, and then always eventually goes into the abominable wow. snowman and his famous pursuit um in the latter part of his life. So um now I see five toes. He did come across this scalp we see on the left him holding. Um, we'll wait till Tony's done blowing his nose and he's going to tell us all about this scalp. My allergies are Great. killing me today. So we're going to talk about this scalp. <clears throat> this is actually a really weird story. Love so it. it originates in March 1954. Uh, a publication called the daily mail printed an article that described this expedition that went all the way out into what we now call the himalayas and they found a scalp but this scalp was part (laughs) of so the scalp was actually under lock and key from the uh we're the people that are out there, the uh, the weird uh, yep, not quite Chinese, not quite Tibetans. What they're out there, They're none of those countries exist. The Nepalese, the Nepalese. So, unfortunately, what happened what Bobby was talking about with uh, the expedition out there to retrieve the scientific samples from this scalp didn't go quite as well as these monks hoped it would have. So, If I were the monks, I wouldn't have agreed to let them touch or investigate the scalp and, and granted where it was coming from. i just want to point out i believe don't quote me on this i believe there's multiple scalps there's like more than just this one right right <clears throat> yes and the research consisted of taking uh, micro photographs of the hairs and comparing them with the hairs from known animals such as what would be in the area so bears and orangutans and Jones concluded the hairs were not actually from a scalp. And then he was like, you know what? You guys made this all up. So this is... Talking about the scalp is kind of like a uh, double-edged sword because there's people who take this very seriously. Like, this is this is real. They found this scalp. And then when science comes in and says, well, there's bear... And there's orangutan and, and other animals, cow, and there's no animal in uh, the uh, books where you have this ridge like this over the scalp that this does. 
it makes it really hard to authenticate something as it being real because it's most likely not. Ooh. Mm. Don't yeah, sci-fi it already? Not, not, not the story, just this. Whoa. Because we, we see this with like... <clears throat> We see this with like uh, little aliens in in shit oh, yeah. Egypt and stuff. This guy's like the Stephen Greer of the Yeti. Ooh, yeah. burn, burn! Damn, I'm not saying cost? the Yeti doesn't exist. I'm just saying that this is this could easily be explained. And the the biggest problem that we have is that these places will not allow them to do DNA testing. And that would solve all of the problems. Just do. Well, I don't. I think the mentality is like we don't really. The people, the locals, don't give a shit. They're just like fuck you and your science. Like this is our religious relic. This is a. We're not. Like I, I don't know if it's it's a conscious effort to like conceal the truth that it's a hoax. Like I think these people are just like not interested in hearing some sort of a Westerner's analysis of this is speculating. Yeah. So they don't care. Like if if they came back and said, "Well, this is two shoulders of an ox sewn together and presented as a skull," they they don't give a shit about that. But the problem is the Western society who is like, "This is definite proof of a yeti," Mm. and that's who we are trying to talk to. That's who we're representing t- here tonight on Bobby's Cryptid Corner. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Tony, is that it? Is that the scalp <laughs> story? Yeah, that, that's. Look at all the money in the back. So like... it turns out the, the scalp had been fashioned from the hide of an animal, um, most likely a goat, antelope, native of the Himalayas. Um, yeah. Uh, as uh, Kumujo Chumbi, the monk who was charged with watching over the scalp on its round-the-world voyage, told the Guardian newspaper at the time, we don't believe in giraffes and lions in Nepal because there aren't any there. Likewise, you don't believe in yetis because you have none in your country. And I think that's Ooh. pretty profound, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's a fair Pistols. point. It's a fair point. Pistols. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. All righty. I just want to know how much money they throw at the scalp. It seems special. You probably it's like a wishing well. You throw a quarter, a dollar. Like- it's good luck. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hold on. If we can actually can like, I have a nickel for part, the monkey scalp, please? That is very <laughs> well preserved. That is very well preserved. Like, if you were to skin our heads and just hold on to it, would it stay in that fantastic condition? Maybe, maybe if they preserved I mean, it, you can, like you can you dry you... out. You can dry it out yeah. like it's beef jerky, you know. And, yeah, and yeah. Grab it all like a piece intact of... to the skin. I mean, the actual scalp skin. Well, yeah, they yeah, actually probably... they make it with like um, like you know, they stuff animals taxidermy, and that's like the skin, and that yeah, stays they, the same. They tan the skin for taxidermy. Yeah, you, you tan it, and you this. dry it, and you shape it. Hmm. Stuff you know, it. This is uh this Stuff is red up. state shit we're talking about Bree, so yeah, t- let us know okay. if you have any questions. Yeah. <clears throat> Just 
just with what we just do to animals so down I can here. Say at least one dumb comment of the episode. Go for uh, it. When you guys said tan it, I was like, why would you tan it? Like, you like put she... it out and. You put it in a tanning bed and give it yes. and sun. Yeah. And it solidifies. <laughs> Dry it out. The sun's like... beautiful rays make it dry. I think that's just a weave right there. That's a full on weft. Um, uh, this will be fun. This will be fun. Tony, can you describe what tanning is to Brie? <laughs> yeah, go for it. How am I supposed to know this? You guys think I skin animals on the side? Come on. Tanning animal hide or. Yeah. Yes. Scalp. We know what the other kind of tanning is, and so does Scalp. Brie. Scalp so, oh my god. So you have to pull all the fur. Oh my god. So maybe we forget an animal, this. It's fine. Skinning an animal is not pleasant, Brie. I'll tell I was you. Like, this yeah, I don't... Because I've done it and I don't like it. Okay. But yeah. why else do we have Tony here if we can't ask him these kind of questions? Yeah. That's true. You are the so game warden. You skin the animal, you stretch its skin out. You have to pull all the fibers. You know, can I stop you right there? Personal privilege. Uh, so tanning is just a word for skinning it, preparing no, it. No, you you pull. No, he's all getting the, there. You pull all the fur off of it. <laughs> Can't you just say what it is without going through the steps? Maybe. No. No, because, because tanning that's... is literally a process. Like yeah, that, it's, it's a it's a whole thing. Like it's not I'm just really one glad thing I that you're doing. Just say threw it's a process. Got on the fire. Okay. All right. Next. Got it. It's a process. All right. Let's it's, go to the next thing. It, it's not pleasant. It really isn't pleasant. It's an I like the text process. on this one. It's very easily readable. <laughs> is Pretty it? This. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're getting into our native law. The natives. Again, that's Himalayan folklore, Tibetan folklore, all the areas we touched on earlier in the episode. Uh, in Tibetan, it, uh, the Yeti also went by Mete. Mete. So uh, I actually have uh, one of those um, like shortcut things on my phone and my computer. When I type me, it automatically goes to the little guy whose hands are like this. And it's like it doesn't go to an abominable snowman. So when I first wrote this, it kept doing this and then the oh. dash te. And I was like, stop, they're gonna be like, what is this? <laughs> anyway. The emoji uh, autocorrect is fucking racist. Yes, I mean, is. it's not an emoji, it's like with the little dashes on the little guys you can make. Anyway. Yeah, that's an um, emoji. No, it's really okay. Uh so the origin <laughs> of the word yeti itself is from the Sherpas. And they have been using that term since before it was ever a in written writing. It was the Yeti, the spoken Yeti. Um, and it's been a big part of their belief system for the Sherpas and for the Tibetan myth altogether, all of their um, uh, creation myths. So it was also, or it has been believed that there are mummified Yeti remains that are still preserved in remote areas in Tibetan monasteries. Hmm. Were they tanned? <laughs> they didn't. Okay. That, that, that part wasn't in the okay, research okay. I came okay. across. Or else I would have known what what tanned no, was. No, Tony. Tony, no one's interested anymore. 
that, yeah, that, no, that, no, Tony, that no. So, gone. what is very interesting about this to me is I wonder if I can zoom in for you guys. Ooh, I can. Love a MacBook. Um, the second Yeti here looks like they're eating a person. The fuck they're just holding that? them up. They're just That's trying to them over the stairs. What? what? That's a Ooh. bit aggressive. Um, there seems to be different versions of the Yeti, but overall, I believe in the Himalaya region, really centered is mostly that the Yeti is a friend, an ancestor, a uh, comrade. So this hmm. to me is interesting to see. It's weird titties flying about Ooh, and then yeah. to be eating another human. Look at those sacred nips. Those are something else I've never seen before, I have to say. Nipples or nipples? <laughs> <laughs> they look. Okay. They kind of look like the whale penis that we thought was the... Uh, Shaped like door stoppers. <laughs> so the original story of how it is now believed that there are these mummified yetis um, in different areas of Tibet comes from an older story of when the Dalai Lama and Lama Blopin escaped um, Tibet after Chinese occupied the territory. They escaped to India. In that time frame, they came across. <laughs> it was supposedly... I knew it was coming. Joe 5D, I knew, I knew that was coming. What? Flying oh. saucer nips. Um, nope. Yeah, that they came across in these these secretly hidden catacombs uh, in Western Tibet. They yes. came across a very well preserved yeti, supposedly. So when Lama Lopen returned with the Dalai Lama, that was the story that they told people that they came across them in the catacombs. Um, and so there are multiple scrolls that have then been since been found in the different monasteries claiming that the yeti is a being if you will between an animal and a human and they are the children of long ago a tibetan girl and a large ape who mated and the children were then the yeti the Yeti were bodyguards of Dolma, who is the female incarnation of Chenrezig. Of course, that's not right. I'll just, but it's Chenrezig. This is the so, Buddha of compassion and the incarnation as the monkey god. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I got it. So, I, I got it. Sorry, go ahead. The, the um, Chenrezig are supposed to be um, where the Tibetans came from. The Tibetans are the descendants of the Chemrezig. Like you said, I got of compassion. I got to say, this is very reminiscent of a lot of the human hybrid theories about the Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. um, even some of the hair samples, I believe it's the really famous one, uh, the Melba Ketchum uh, stuff uh, that they tested a few years back that has some, Interesting. Um, um, uh, what's the word? It's it's not great. It's not a great situation. But the point is, the results <laughs> came back as a hybrid. 
which makes some sense. sort of human hybrid. And this is very similar to this Yeti origin story. Bree, go ahead. What do you got? I, I was just going to say that I think it makes perfect sense for it to happen this way, because let's just say if we go with the original creation story for humans where our evolution our evolution mm -hmm. took us from literally apes to humans and obviously there have been different split offs of different hominins and where we were how you know at one point we flourished a little bit and then it died off we mated with another fucking group and then they came around so it's like it makes yeah. sense to think that there could be maybe a hominin and farther down in their evolutionary series to then come across one that is not so much that is still an ape like and they mate. well aren't you kind of or talking like the missing link even well i mean realistically we're multiple. kind of missing we're missing that what we're talking about here is that missing link i don't where it's like so. Yeah, because like the, the missing hybrid... link is like more or less like fallacy at this point because it all branches off. It's not like the evolutionary staircase that you see. You have like the chimp and then That's the true. Neanderthal. We're like, this is you know what I mean? It's it's more like a tree. But I understand what you're saying. Like, is this some sort of like lost humanoid hominid creature that you know exactly. was a result of hybrids? Or you could even take like the book of enoch genesis 6 approach where like a lot of people think like bigfoots are like nephilim mm -hmm. from the bible which is like some this sort is of really describing that beast. story yeah. like the 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 um the daughters like they mated with the daughters of man and created Great these point, i don't know Jamie. you know it what i mean um the there's some of that story. stuff there too it totally is the same story actually. literally just different it's, you're putting it's like we have this i think a lot with cryptids history in in religion and all sorts of things it's like the same thing with the flood it's like everybody just has this different version the structure of the mm -hmm. story is the same but they're just plugging in different people or cultural context or, and, exactly yeah. yep uh, it's all yeah. true it's all true and this is definitely one of those stranger versions considering uh the this monkey god uh <laughs> i mean it's called a god is, for christ's sake yes mm. but is buddha and no pun intended uh so that's interesting so anywho the story goes that this monkey god married a demon he mated mm -hmm. with this demon and they birthed six children and they all had long hair with a tail um red hair also human faces but red weird like red monkey faces reminds me of a little bit of like a baboon maybe mm. um and that's the ginger gene and over mm -hmm. time again Monkeys. like with evolution oh, yeah. over time they lost their tails and started to evolve to be more human-like in which that then became the tibetan people um, but not all fully went through the evolution process. Some of them stayed the same and they considered them to be the wild people. This cut off, but um, it's they called them my regard. This my is regard. all like super similar to native lore of the North American Bigfoot. Like the natives like, no, it's just another like brand of people that lives out yeah. in the woods a little differently from the way we do. Yeah. My, That's crazy. my God translates to Yeti. So it's like some of the children over time went through their evolution and became humans. Others did not. And they stayed a Yeti because it's like with all children, 
uh, or, you know, with any type of um, like anytime you reproduce, really, uh, some people take on the dad's genes. Some people take on mom's genes. So some, some people of them are going to progress. Some so people like participate in gene. Anunnaki gene, gene editing, and some do not. Correct. From the planet, yeah. from the planet X. Yeah, you're just describing ev- you're just describing evolution. The strongest genes are t- surviving. The things that are the most useful are the things that are getting passed on, and it's just literally <laughs> genetics and how it works. And so, eventually, over time, the weird like these different offshoots of it are going to start to disappear because maybe people aren't you know, or maybe other yetis aren't mating with that particular person because or that particular yeti because it's short <laughs> and fat and not attractive. So that's why you have. You know, all sorts of different things. It's literal genetics. But you have to ask yourself, was this some kind of genetic manipulation from exactly. the gods now, or extraterrestrials? You could take this as a literal story, but at the same time, this demon is actually basically the land of all Himalayas in general. It's mapped out to look kind of like a womanling. And um, then these six children that they gave birth to ended up being the six different Tibetan clans on that land. Mm. This is a ancient and artist. There's six tribes of Israel. That's interesting. Look at us. God damn it. Are we some forbidden archaeologists or what? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So this is highly qualified. This looks a little bit like Santa in a snow globe to me from afar. Um, But yeah, so they'd be hiding up in the caves and doing the thing. Um, It is very interesting because while I was doing the research for this and writing it on here, I didn't make the same connections that you guys are that we're talking about now. That's why we do this, baby. And then, yeah, and like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, this is absolutely this sort of the same creation story as like everything. It's kind of weird. Uh, well, I guess it's not weird. It's normal these days, right? Thanks for coming to our Eastern cryptid to- class tonight. This is Eastern for coming to. Class. Thanks for coming to our TED talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So where does this all get connected? Well, 350 years ago, there is a story of Sangwa Dorsh. And I wrote, and it's Bestie the Yeti. Um, so now Lama, Sangwa Dorsh. The Dali Lama himself. Um, he is now, for the Buddhists that really practice that deep, deep meditation, um, like monk in solitude, ultimate devotion, uh Sanguadorsh is is like the top. That's that's who you want to embody. He's he's basically like you could take him as like a saint, like something that they try they attribute, they achieve, they you know, want to be like. Um, and so this story is of him, Sanguadorsh, who is now the the founder of the oldest monastery there in Nepal. Um, he basically lived in a cave and this cave overlooked, not overlooked, but it looked directly at Everest. And so, so this is like the main story where it all like Everest and all this is, is tied into. He's hiding out in this cave and a Yeti comes to him every day and takes care of him. He feeds him he, like 
gives him food, helps him with like shelter to keep warm. They become very close. And eventually the Yeti actually <laughs> they get married. One of his Sorry. disciples. And so this is kind of like an image of them basically meditating together. They have best friend necklaces and bracelets. So I have a question. You guys are like all new agey California gals. Um, Do y'all do, do y'all practice like very um, intense meditations? No. I do meditations. I mean, could you, could you go into a meditative K-hole or whatever it's called and like ask (laughs) to speak with, ask to speak with the monkey demons? I don't see see why not. I don't see why not. I think that All meditation right. is probably your easiest. Uh, I'm going to do this as an as an experiment. I'm going to get really, really into transcendental meditation specifically. Let me tell you a story. Specifically to try to contact uh, monkey people. So it's interesting when I was in For high science. school. When I was in high school and I started to learn about transcendentalism, that's how I found meditation. And when I started doing uh, deep meditations is when a whole bunch of contact things kicked off for me. I would easily go into a trans, like a very trans state in meditation. I literally would be like, show me my spirit guides or like, do I have any astral connections? I've seen beings. I've seen what I felt like is myself in a different form. I mean, I've seen a lot and I'm not like, this sounds crazy, but it's, it's happened. Um, I don't really do that. I don't have time for that shit right now. But well, anywho. let me ask you guys this: like, if you look at the uh, what's his name, David Huggins stuff, the guy that like paints, like uh, the Love and Saucers guy. You know what I'm talking the about? Red, yeah, yeah, red-headed yeah. aliens with the titties yeah. out. With the titties the, out. Yeah, yeah, the big, the big titty alien girlfriend he has mm-hmm, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he always talks about like a little hairy guy. He calls her the little hairy guy. And in his paintings, you can see it too. So I'm just wondering if, like, there's a connection with like all these alien archetypes. You'll hear reports of like these like monkey people as well, and then you get into the whole like UFO Bigfoot correlations and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it all seems very connected. Like, I would argue, like, uh, it, it's like uh, it, almost like what we talk about with the um, the paranormal side of North American Bigfoot. It's like, yeah, they're interdimensional. They're like ethereal. They're not really fully physical they they have these abilities beyond what the the modern human is able to do and i'm seeing the exact same things with these motifs in uh in the yeti for sure hardcore there's always been that strange connection and i think that's why people always get split into camps of like is this just an animal we haven't been able to identify or is this something so much more mystical than that or maybe even something that connects to us in an ancestral way there's so many different like offshoots of where it can go and connections that it has to kind of lead you in all those different directions. I'll say this. I'm on the I'm on the fence about this stuff, just generally speaking. But if I were to say, come out and say, I believe the Bigfoot or the Yeti is real. When I say that, what I'm talking about is not only do I believe it's real, it also can do some wild, like paranormal, interdimensional shit too, you know. Love that. So I did the hardcore stupid. <laughs> Tony's back. Tony's back. I did the hardcore stupid when I was in high school. <clears throat> I had a Ouija board. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. 
Are there you yetis a yeti? here? <laughs> 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 My name's Carl. Arg. No, I put for beef a... jerky. <laughs> I put a pentagram on the Ouija board from my own blood just to see what would happen. <laughs> Can we do a whole episode just on this? Love and that. It was a very, very fucking bad night. Yeah, that shit's real. Don't fuck with it. I'm Don't, gonna pray for yeah. you real hard. Oh, I did. <laughs> pray for you. <laughs> We're going to meditate for you, too. I'm going to pull out my beads. Okay, so just to get back to the story, okay? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So uh, the Yeti becomes his bestie. He's now a disciple. They're up on the mountain just, like, meditating every day. He lived out his entire life with him in that cave. And then when the Yeti passed, Sanguidosh held on to his scalp. And his hand. Um, Good keepings? I do not know. Where the remains are still supposed to be there in Nepal at the monastery that he founded in the year of 1667. They both enjoyed frequent beard kisses. So, this is the one that Tony had. This is the alleged uh, cone head from Nepal uh, at the monastery and the hand. Uh, I don't know. It looks a little bit like a rock. Yeah, this is one of the things that they... Through the investigation, they said it kind of mixed with like an ox shoulder or like a cow shoulder being sewn together and then yeah I'm just thinking to myself let's just say there are multiple scalps right because that seems to be kind of like the story here yeah yeah totally yeah why the scalps like what like what made them think oh I should scalp this for I assume it's cultural maybe I assume it's it's fake yeah, I mean, it's, fake, it's, yeah. It's but it's real. like maybe it's a cultural thing. It's like, oh, the scalp. We'll keep that. I don't know. Well, that's, that's oh, Hoxilla. That's just a, inappropriate. That's really? Where oh, the whole thing of, uh, hey, you can't <laughs> wait. A hand job and a blow job. Maybe it wasn't just the scalp he held on to. All oh, right, now it's God. disrespectful. I'm sorry. I just he pointed it out. And now I'm going there. Oh my God. Oh, well, shit. the. the thing- I like to use those sparingly now. It's it's nice. The biggest problem is that when you have physical evidence and you're not willing to give it up to scientific investigation, that's kind of a really big red flag. However, there are instances where people do give their um, evidence. You like know? Stephen Greer's child, this is a it disappears. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, Stephen but Greer. that happens this... to a lot of people. Even like with Mufon, that's why some people don't like Mufon because they've given uh, Mufon because Mufon works for the U.S. government, and then it disappears. And I also think that there has to be a certain part of science that has to maintain their narrative. I do believe that there must have been instances out there where certain, you know, hair follicles or something like that have been tested and there's a shitty response back. 
just because it doesn't fit in the timeline of who or what they are. So at what point do you you protect yourself and you protect what you believe in and you, I mean, the thousands of years which this has stood, you have to like weigh out your pros and cons. Yeah, but at what point does some old ass skeleton matter for because this is civilization? Buddhist history. Yeah, for Buddhists it matters, but for the average person, they don't fucking care about. Oh my god, what an American take! (laughs) That's an American hot take right there. No one else gives a fuck. That's a very Western take. Shut the fuck up, Jamie. That is a very okay, boomer. That is, that is how the entire Western world views the world. They don't care if there was a civilization that existed uh, thousands of years before our civilization existed. All they care about is what is happening right now and how they can make more money. Which is exactly and Pizza why Hut's Pizzone is back. It is. It's That's not why you don't good, hand though. them anything is it back i would of course love for there to be proof but i think if i knew what could possibly happen it could possibly get lost i mean no i would rather say you know what let them think what they want to think from us not wanting to test it it not only saves the integrity of our religious beliefs but it also holds on to the actual artifact itself i think i think what we're all getting at here is like everything is incentive based like people are just going to subscribe to what's in their own best interest of like well this side of the coin has believed this narrative for eons so that benefits us in various ways it has a lot of compounded clout in our culture whereas this other side of the coin is like well if we accept what this side is saying, that's going to conflict with this other compounded clout and influence and legacy from our culture. So we're just going to go ahead and like call it a wash and just everyone believe what they want to believe. Oh, gosh, it's just awful. I feel like I'm <laughs> missing a slide. All right. Uh, I, I mean, think... it is awful, but I mean, and then also it's, it's worth noting like the um, I guess uh, the big takeaway with with Bree's whole section is like the yeti. The yeti serves as like a um, uh, a symbol of the local culture, right? There's there's. Are you gonna say something? Yeah, I was just gonna throw in that I'm missing a slide. I don't know what happened to it, but it is about the money bakabam. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you tell us about that? We'll just look at this slide while you the do money, it. The money, the money kabam. Um, was an important 12th century uh, religious uh, text, um, chronicle text in Tibet. And it went full on into the relationship of the Yeti and the Sherpa peoples there. And basically said that the Yeti is not just a hybrid being or something that's in between um, animal and human, but that they themselves are living in this weird liminal space. They're, again, like like a trans-dimensional being, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and goes all into that and how they are, they're, they're keepers, they're protectors, they're all of these other things. And so I think that's interesting to have... Um, 
that kind of belief written in a text 12th century. That's not then a new, new age idea to think that the Yeti, the Bigfoot, any of these types of beings could be transdimensional. This isn't something we're like just pulling out of our ass. I mean, it's in the 12th century. I think that's interesting to think about that it's in a text from that long ago. We're not just like throwing ideas out there, you know? Because they're... Oh, uh, yeah. And then, um, so after the scalp in the hand and the monastery uh, being founded, they then celebrated this Yeti and would use the scalp in the hand in fertility rituals and, um, yeah, they would do really strange things like say that they had Yeti's blood and put them in potions and things like that. And it was like magical Yeti's blood. Um, so somehow the scalp and the hand became mixed with fertility things and the blood of it being fertility or I mean being vital for life. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's like kind of connects, I guess, if you think of them as being ancestral and a part of the creation story and then using the blood to then impregnate yourself or whatnot. Um, but it's really interesting how this one person has the hand and a scalp and now the blood is being used to potions. Good. There's a whole crazy story with Jimmy Stewart in that hand. And uh, we don't have time to get into it. Maybe another time, but look, but I'm, I'm super glad that we have put this in the exact same category as Somebody having tiger blood or something else because that's Tiger's that's blood. what just happened. You you just put it in the exact same category as uh, tiger bone, tiger blood, like snorting tiger bones. Really? Yes. Well, I don't think so. So, like, it, it was the people that sustained the monastery after he passed of course and then he founded the monastery this tribe then would do these parades with the so it's yes for fertility purposes but then they would also do these parades where they would like throw the scalp around like all right now can i get a hate crime please is that a hate crime oh yeah hate crime Well, okay. We're so playing the- California rules tonight. <laughs> to bless the people and bless the animals and bless the houses. It was like a blessing, you know? Are we talking about... Never mind. All right, let's move on to the next part of the show. Uh, the uh, modern accounts. Oh, Jamie's my God. going to take the rings on this one. Where did this come from? It's- I made this. This is my child. So we're starting off strong with Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Burry. And this is in Tibet in the 1920s. And he was the leader of the 1921 Everest Reconnaissance Expedition. Um, And he saw something strange when he was at about 21,000 feet. Um, We know from his diary notes that it was September 22nd, 1921. And it read, we distinguished hare and fox tracks, but one mark like that of a human foot was the most puzzling. 
The coolies, which are natives, assured me that it was the track of a wild, hairy man and that these men were occasionally to be found in the wildest and most inaccessible mountains. Mm. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty, sounds like a pretty typical Yeti account. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Next, we have in the 1950s, we have Colonel John Hunt. Colonel, Colonel, Colonel. it's fucking Colonel. Colonel. Come on. Okay, I don't don't know how to read. Jesus Christ. Uh, I didn't even know it was Colonel. I thought it was Colonel. Colonel Sanders. Colonel Colonel John Hunt, uh, and he was also a famous like climber. And he wrote a book, The Ascent of Everest. And in it, he described an interesting encounter that happened just after he reached the base camp at the monastery that was there. And this is what reads in the book. That afternoon, we paid our first official visit to the monastery at the invitation of the monks. There was a simple ceremony to perform on arrival, the laying of scarfs on the thrones of the present abbot as he, a young boy, was away in Tibet. Coached in this formality by Tenzing, I also presented to the acting abbot our expedition flag. We were briefly shown around the sanctuary. After a meal, we were served in an upper room, seated with Charles and Tenzing beside our host. A round figure, he was a round figure robed in faded red. I questioned him about the Yeti, better known as the Abominable Snowman. The old dignitary at once warmed to the subject peering out the window onto the meadow where our tents were pitched he gave the most graphic description of the yeti that had appeared from him from the summoning thickets a few years back in winter when the snow lay on the ground the beast looping along sometime on his hind legs and sometimes on all fours stood about five feet high and was covered in gray hair a description which he heard from another eyewitness Obviously, the gets of Abbott were reliving a slight imprinted on his memory as he stared across the scene of this event. The Yeti had stopped to scratch. The old monk gave a good imitation, but went on longer than he needed to to make his point. It had picked up snow, played with it, made a few grunts. <laughs> was, was it Tony? Yeah, right. And again, gave us a convincing <laughs> rendering. The inhabitants of the monastery had, meanwhile, worked themselves into a great state of excitement, and instructions were given to drive off the unwelcome visitor. Conch shells were blown, along with traditional horn sounds, and the Yeti disappeared into the bush. He said it was only five feet tall? Only five feet, yeah. I'm going to say that was just one of the wild people. Maybe it was a juvenile. It's not. All right, give me the next slide. Tony, are you all right over there? You struggle with us? Tony, yes. are you having a stroke right now? <laughs> a little bit of a stroke. Uh, you need some water, darling. He's been drinking water. I've been watching him. All right. So next we have 1951 sighting. We have Eric Shipton. Um, and this is a direct quote from him. It was on one of the glaciers of the Menlung Basin at the height of about 1900 feet. This is, again, on Everest. That late one afternoon, we came across those curious footprints in the snow, the report of which has caused a certain amount of public interest in Britain. We did, we did not follow them further than was convenient, a mile or so, for we were carrying heavy loads at the time. And besides, we had reached a particularly interesting stage in the exploration of the basin. I, I have in the past found many sets of these curious footprints and I've tried to follow them, but I've always lost them in the moran or the rocks at the side of the glacier. These particular ones seem to be very fresh, probably not more than 24 hours old. When Murray and Bordillon followed us a few days later, the tracks had almost obliter- obliterated by melting. Uh, Sen Tensing, who had no doubt 
whatever that the creatures for there had been at least two that had made these tracks were yetis or wild men and he told me that years before he had a number of sherpas that have seen one of the distance of about 25 yards he described it as half man and half beast standing about five to five to six feet with a tall pointed head its body covered in a reddish brown hair but with a hairless face he no doubt left it to its sincerity Later, adding about the prince, it showed three toes and a broad thumb to the side. What was particularly interesting was that these tracks crossed a crevasse. One could only see quite clearly where the creatures had jumped and used its toes to secure the purchase of the snow on the other side. We followed the tracks for more than a mile down the glacier before we got onto too much covered ice. So go to the next slide and you'll see more of the pictures that they took. Bam. That guy is a so I showed that look. picture earlier in the presentation. I guess that wasn't that one. Piece. Yeah, no, this was his. This was okay. these guys. And so, what's also interesting about this is like these photos and the story was kind of lost for a long time, and then they were found all in this nice little packet, and then they were sold at auction for like fifty thousand dollars. The original Jesus. ones. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can I also say though, like his foot is wide, like. I, I would have imagined it being a little bit longer too. Yeah, go like, yeah, so go back. Stubby. Go back one so you could see the footprint one bigger. So he was saying it had three toes and one big one out to the side. So that's like this particular why we're seeing this looking so different. Is that Look a hair? That. It's a hair. Oh, it's it's just a, a hair. Wow. Yeah, a white one and a brown one. Four toes. In this there's no fucking four tones tony the, one yes, there are four. Two, two three three four five you guys don't no. see this right here i don't that's think a that's a toe. toe i think that's one just that's giant toe. toe i'm on team brie so are you fucking said, serious that is an just, obvious no. toe. are you fucking serious there's definitely five toes in this there's solid five he specifically toes. said there was three factor sci-fi Three five toes. toes and a broad thumb to the side. There's what at least the hell is four. That? Maybe if the toe got messed up, no, the, the, broad, the rock. The broad thumb is the big toe, which is your yeah. thumb toe, I think. All the way to the we right. Call it yeah, the thumb yeah. toe. Yeah. I'm gonna say that he has opium in that pipe. It's Probably. not just tobacco. All right, right. Skip yeah. ahead to the next one, please. One more. There you go. Yeah, that would be a funky looking fourth toe, Brianna. All right. So this one we have this guy's Dan. A moron. Don. <laughs> we have Don Wallahan. Wallahans. Uh, and this is Nepal, 1970. Um, and he saw strange footprints near his camp. Um, at his temporary base camp, he found and photographed. And later that night, he watched an ape-like creature through binoculars in bright moonlight for 20 minutes. Don was quoted the saying that the beast wasn't bound along, that was bounding along on all fours. He headed straight up the slope and it, and in the absolute bright moonlight, it looked like an ape. I don't think it was a bear. In the morning, he said his stash of Mars bars were missing. Mars, Mars bars? Yes. His Mars, Mars bars, bars were missing from his camp. Yes. That's uh, such a 1970s chocolate bar to choose. It really is. Oh, I didn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He also, the pictures that he apparently took. Ever here to watch him call it, you fucking moron? Yes. <laughs> The uh the foot the no. pictures that he took of the footprints no one has ever seen and somebody was reported to walk up to him and ask him about it and he just winked at them and walked away. <laughs> so take that for what you will. That good old 
Um, he's uh, quoted as saying this. I'm convinced that they be- I'm convinced that the locals believe that the Yeti does not exist and that it's some kind of sacred animal in which it's best to be left alone. And if you don't bother it, it will not bother you. Oh, respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I got to say, that seems to be the uh, mentality with the Bigfoot as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Give me the next in. God. And uh I have something to add when we're done. Oh, the beautiful oh, Josh Gates. Excuse me, is so attractive. That condensed. You're a uh, you're what was called a chubby chaser. I am. Yes. And what's and funny he's about right it on is, the cusp of like bear and not otter. really a chubby. He's not really yeah. chubby. You know, so he got a little belly, but thing. he's not chubby. We have. I have tried you repeatedly like to get, get Josh Gates to acknowledge the fact that we exist. Oh, I'd love that. And I love Josh. Tweet this picture of him. He's so handsome. I'm gay for Gates. He's so handsome. Yeah, so handsome. All right. So Joshua Gates and his team um, in Nepal in 2007 reported finding a series of footprints in Everest region of the Nepal resembling descriptions of the Yeti. And what you see right here on the screen is the actual casting of that footprint that he took. Um, each footprint measured in 13 inches in length with five toes, and it measured 9.8 inches across. Casts were made, and they were examined by Jeffrey Meldrum of Idaho State University, University, who believed them to be a morphological accurate or to the morphological sorry, who believed them to be more logically accurate to be fake or man-made. So, like, it was either 100% man-made or a hundred percent real like he could it was either one of those things this guy decided um and then later in 2009 on the tv show gates presented hair samples with the with to a forensic analysis and it concluded that the hair contained an unknown dna sequence Mm. that makes me more gay for gates Mm. but of course they like left it on that cliffhanger like that was the end of the episode it was like ooh, there's something unknown here and then of course there's never been any follow-up it's tv you know, See, over ten years later, very fake. Uh, damn, that guy, that guy basically lives my most coveted life. No, I agree. Same. Why do they have You're... to dress like Indiana Jones with? Because it's like that's the TV Why thing. the fuck wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, two Sugulas necklaces and. If I could wear a fedora and people wouldn't make fun of me, I would. Yeah, I'd make fun of you. I would nerd. You would of the show. Yeah, but right. I was like a punk rock rude boy at one time. So but why annoying. is the foot a marijuana? It's not because like all the dirty stuff that was stuck. You just to the see casting. weed everywhere, Bree. Yeah, Bree. Jesus, calm down, you fiend. All right, give me next one. So this is the most recent famous sighting, which is in 2019, and it's an Indian Army mountaineering ex ex. Ooh, an Indian Army mountaineering expedition team has nice. sighted mysterious footprints of a mystical beast, the Yeti, measuring 32 by 15 inches, close to the Malaku base camp on April 9, 2019. The elusive snowman has only been sighted at the Meliku Baran National Park in the past. And this was like they like a national thing that they came out with. They were like, it wasn't like they kept it secret. They were like, holy shit, look what we found. We want to tell everybody about it. So they made this huge announcement about it in 2019 that they were investigating it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, BB. What? I have a, oh, wait, what's next? I have something to add to this. Oh, go for it. Um, not that we agree, but I will say of all. Oh of the God, is this I about watched, abortion? 
No. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, well, so what I was going to say that's an abominable. <laughs> those footprints um, that oh are God. going from right to left. That's a tall motherfucker. I was going to say that um, in all the things that I watch, one part of the Yeti story that is always mentioned as an account is fucking Dietloff Pass. Oh, you know what? Yep. I was going to say, so did I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't put it inside the slideshow because I was like, yeah. oh my God, I can't go over this shit again. again. Like, That's a whole Dietloff episode in and of itself that you guys we, have done. We've done it a hundred times. That would have you been the fourth, fourth time. Next we week we'll time. do part five. Four, yeah, time. yeah so i didn't put it in there but good yeah. for mentioning it i put it out of my brain because i didn't even want to talk about it yeah no i didn't either which i'm like i'll just mention it yes the story of dl love pass to is be fair included we should probably do a part two on no it. absolutely not we've done four shows on it four what? hey let's limit the post-production conversations please yeah next one anyway right, so i'm just throwing it in there so everyone knows next i have accumulated some bigfoot videos for you guys so please enjoy and tell me what you i think. love this footage so much and i think it's real i'm gonna already fact it before we even play it i've looked i've watched this so many times have you really? it's gotta be real oh shit okay Видео доказательства существования дети краеведом на днях принесли местные жители. Правда, ценности в нем специалисты не нашли. Уж слишком герой ролика похож на человека. Кстати, эксперты не исключают, что легенду о небывалой активности дети могли придумать владельцы туристического бизнеса и таким образом привлечь клиентов. Понимая, что в этом случае важна каждая деталь, фото и видео отчетами не ограничились. Прямо на месте приготовили гипсовый раствор и сделали слепок. Рост того, кто оставил этот след, по 2 метра, а вес не меньше. 200 килограммов ярко выражена обратная плоскоскопия вот продавленная больше мощнее несколько дней спасатели решили после того как на пульт диспетчера поступили сразу несколько звонков от туристов и местных жителей все они говорили о том что видели снежного человека so i hope we have the video if we don't bobby can you drop it in the private chat for us to look up and play what video the one you said you were like, I've watched this video. I'm trying a to find it right times. now. Yeah. All right. So this, this one, one is really good. This is a dash cam one. And don't worry because the neck light is a like a zoomed in version of the video. If you want to watch, we're going to watch like a zoomed in. Just watch. Oh, God, that makes me love mashed potatoes. But. Just wait. Go to the next one. Go to the next slide. We'll watch the zoomed in version. Yeah, I've seen this. Ooh, play it again, B. Oh, God. Did you see it? Right there. It's interesting there that it people is. would just be like, that's a Yeti. That's literally like could be anything. What? I mean, but it's walking upright, and that's very interesting. That's very obvious. Could be someone that was just raped and killed. 
They can't walk if they've been killed. It takes like two steps They're about across to die the entire road. They're not dead yet. They're not dead yet. All right. Hold any, on, I'm going to watch the other one. I was like, any Here, other I got it for you. I got this? it for you. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, 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 O'Reilly's. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just wanted to watch it this way really quick. Mm, go for it. Now that you saw the zoomed in version, yeah. Just comparing it to the trees to see what if What is this, actually... a Sherpa on his snowmobile? No, it's a, yes. just like a guy in his dash cam. Snowmobile. Did you not see the zoomed in version? You'll have to show the zoomed in yeah, version I, again for it. Bibby. Oh, okay. I've seen it, I've seen it. That could be anything. I'm say ghost, if anything, or fucking. All right, let's show fucking ghost. Bree, will you pull up Bobby's other thing before you play my last one? Now, this one? is this is footage from Russia, I believe, which is more or less kind of in the region, I guess. Um, Same area. The last one known as the Alma. Uh, there's very little like context or anything behind this, but I really like this footage for some reason. Ooh, I think it's fucking dope. Hold on. Bad. Okay, now you guys can see. Do we need the music? No. No. <laughs> Should have said, do we need the copyright? <laughs> we have so many. <laughs> you should make a full screen, Brie. Oh, yes. There you go. Oh, yes. Yes. Somewhere in Russia. Mm, yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I wasn't planning it to be like that. Oh my Please god, this build up. Bad. Yeah, Jesus. Not too much. I don't want to read. I want to see Bigfoot. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Ooh. Look at that thing. Wait, I missed it already. No, no it's, it's right still gone. Oh, shit. That's Bat Squatch. Let's just jump Slow in. down. Eat. Oh shit. Uh, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. A bear. That's not a fucking bear. Do you see its arms? Jesus Christ. Do you see my fucking arms? Jesus Christ. That a bear can move like that. That is a fucking Bigfoot. That's a Bigfoot. Tony, I wouldn't say that's a Yeti. No. This is the first time I would ever think to be afraid. Uh is it? Really? I mean, the first if that's time? A, if that's like a, a real Let's just pretend that he's looking at a real thing with giant arms that's jumping like it's ready to stomp skulls. Excuse me, Mr. Bigfoot. Excuse me, Mr. Bigfoot. Mr. Bigfoot. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, subscribe for more great cryptid content uh, <laughs> to Bobby's Cryptid Corner. Thank you. All right, go back to mine. I have one last video for you all. Uh-oh. Hold on. Oh no, what'd you do? I hate this kind what? of shit. I saw, I, I saw this earlier. <laughs> what did you see? Oh no, not this one. This one. Well, the polar vortex is responsible for this, but I swear <laughs> I just saw Anytime you have a blah, 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 guy. What the hell is that? Holy crap! It's a Yeti! And he's throwing snowballs at me! Back off, beast! Oh. I got a gun under my seat! Is that what Elizondo talking? I'm gonna use it! 
Sounds like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, no. I want an able oh. to retrieve it. This is oh. government footage of the Yeti. <laughs> Just oh, like, 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 this is on fucking you CNN. Be shitting me. I just got carjacked by a friggin' Yeti. <laughs> My liability insurance ain't gonna cover this shit. Damn it. I love the effort. TikTok. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's legit hard. All right. Tony. All right. Here comes, here comes Tony, Tony to you, ruin uh, everything for everyone. Uh, are we good? <laughs> sound, uh. It does sound like Dave Scott towards the end. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. No All right, Tones, Malones, take it away. Here we go. So the skepticisms. <laughs> what is that? Oh, shit. Save you have to leave. Okay, actually, I did, did think Enzo at first. At first, I thought Enzo. And then I was like, no, no, no. That's, that's what's his face. Okay, so... So the skepticism is either it's a unknown ape, not real, misidentification of animals that are already there. And of course we have balloons and seagulls because we all love Big West. <laughs> what? What is happening? I don't know. I don't I, don't, I missed it. That was kind of just being a dick. Oh, to McWest. Dicking around McWest. Yeah. So um, we have balloon apes and seagull apes. So let's get into the real stuff next. Next. uh, Burge. How much I hate this fucking slime. Oh, I hate that too. Why is there a Jerry? Can we stop putting. Jerry's I'm back. Nope. That's cute. Nope. Nope. There's no reason to have a Jerry. No one nope. even likes him. All right, Tony, tell us about what kind of bears are misidentified for this creature. <clears throat> okay, so from left to right, we have the blue bear. No. <laughs> Baby beluga. So this is the Tibetan blue bear. It's a cunt. I hate all bears. And they come in somewhere around 450 to 500 pounds. They're they're pretty big, pretty big bears. Uh, the Gobi bear is sometimes classified as being the same subspecies as. The Tibetan blue bear. So this is actually a what do you call the bear? What do you call the animals that are uh, not going to live past uh... Uh, endangered? That's the word. Bear Good. necessities segment. I love that. Good. Just so glad they're not going to. Not gonna make it. I don't know why. I thought you loved bears. I'm I never gonna. I'm never gonna ask Tony to talk about bears again. Don't. I. I. Have you been charged bears. by a bear? <clears throat> I hate bears. I hate really? them <laughs> so fucking much. Everybody who has seen this show knows I hate bears. Hmm. 
All right. So uh, we have now, tell me about we, the Batman bear. No, well, first we have to talk about the bear in the middle. All yeah, right. that's sexy bear. So that is the uh, Himalayan brown bear, which is a grizzly bear, which I hate. <clears throat> so the Himalayan grizzly bear, I'm, what's actually interesting is they only get to be about somewhere around seven feet tall. They're not as big as other grizzly bears. They're kind of midget grizzly bears, but they will still eat you while you're alive, so they should absolutely be executed on site. (laughs) (laughs) I hate bears. I hate bears. I would rather go into it looks like an you enclosure them. with a tiger than a bear. Every single day of the week. I hate <laughs> bears. Because <laughs> the tiger will kill you before it starts to eat you. The bear will just go, ah. oh, I don't care. Num, 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 num. Oh, you're alive? Num, 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 num. Oh, that's cool. Num, 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 num. Fuck bears. And then we have uh, Jerry here because I hate Bree and <laughs> <laughs> then we have a sun bear. So that's uh, Batman over here. This why is a... a sun bear. It's black. I don't know why they call it that. Because it lays it... in the sun to tan itself. <laughs> oh, it's tanning. That's why it's a darker color. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we have the Sun Bear, which for whatever reason has a Batman logo on its chest. And funny, these bears are only about six feet tall. They're not very big. They're called the Asiatic Black Bear. Very small compared to the horrible terrors of North America. I hate bears. Stop. Stop okay. making me talk about all right, fucking all right, bears. All right, all right, all right. All right, Tony hates bears. It might be a bear, but it's probably not. It's probably a fact. I time to factor sci fi. Tony likes it. I don't like it. Tony I had no idea. Okay. Sci-fi. All right, uh, I'll go first. So I'm going to middle bitch this one. I think that we have a combination of a misidentified creature from the area and native lore. A bear? It, it might be a bear. Who knows? I mean, I know Tony doesn't like him, but it's possible. So I don't really know which side it's coming from because I feel like it could be both. Like, I, th- this goes back really deep in the, into the native lore, so it makes me want to believe it. But I also believe that maybe more newer recent sightings could possibly just be a species in that area that maybe was misidentified and, quite frankly, isn't around anymore. So I'm gonna have to middle bitch this one myself. I'm going last. Okay, Tone. Uh, Tony. Uh, I think it's real. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna fact this, and as much as I hate bears, when you look at the (laughs) when you look at the evidence and you see like the outlines of the toes. They don't match the outlines of the toes of my most hated enemy, 
<laughs> Which is why I can I can look at that and go, well, that's not a bear print. That's not a cougar print. That's not a wolf print. That is something entirely different. So I'm going to oh, give yeah. it a 10 out of 10. I wow. Wow. All right, baby. Uh, I don't fucking care. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go hard. I guess a hard middle bitch on this one. Uh, I could give you the typical spiel, but I'll spare you that. Uh, again, it's just that whole like, well, if the natives believe it, then it's Same. real. But like, I don't know. Like, I think uh, like I was saying earlier, like if uh, if I say I believe in Bigfoot, when I, when I go hard, I go hard in the paint. So I'm going to say middle bitch. But if it is real, it is an ethereal, spiritual Nephilim creature from mm-hmm. a- mm-hmm. the ancient world. Mm hmm. All right, Bree. The, the Shambhala. Shambhala. Mm-hmm. All right, BB. Yeah, I'm going to give it like a 7.53. <laughs> I guess that's a Wow, fact. that's very specific. Yeah, that's what feels right to me. Um, yes, misidentified. However, the bears that were the options in that region, absolutely not. I believe the natives. I stick with the Buddhists. That's how I roll. Do you can I, I do you it. believe can in I, bears? Can I convince you to suck my tongue? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The reaction to that could have gone one of one of two ways. <laughs> you didn't hear about that? You don't know about that? What? The Dalai Lama was recently caught on camera oh, asking yeah, 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 a yeah, 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 yeah. Who would have yeah, thought? It's funny, because I heard you saying it's a dementia thing, and then I've seen other people arguing <laughs> like this is not a dementia thing. This I think is it's like... dementia. Then I've heard like that's how everyone greets each other. I'm like, I don't, I don't think. That <laughs> I don't know that's about true that. Either. I want to walk around. I mean, contacted the desert, going asking people to suck, suck my, tongue. my yeah. tongue. You should Sorry, wear flowing I'm robes. Do you Sorry, guys I'm have any? Do you guys have any final thoughts for the episode, my loves? Um. I think that it would be a shame if this thing weren't true. Mm. Um, there's enough background. There's even more than we went into. I think Jamie's I believe it over right all now. of them. Honestly, all right. Well, um, I just dropped a new episode of my podcast, Not For Everyone podcast. It is literally not for everyone. Highly offensive. And uh, please... Please consider yourself Same warned. Here. On this one, it's quite the shit show. If if it would be your first time listening to my show, I would recommend maybe going back to some earlier episodes because not for everyone, the new episode is just a total too many cooks situation with everyone with three hot mics in the 12 by 12 foot room and people just yelling a lot. It's not a great representation of uh, Dr. Strangelove is what we covered on that one, which is a Stanley Kubrick movie. Uh, about the cold, it's a cold war satire, but we talk about all kinds of other things on the Not For Everyone podcast. Kubrick is Love haunting it. me. I watched A Clockwork Orange twice last week. Oh, sure. You're Why? psychotic. Why? I don't know. Um, follow I watched, on- hey, wait, can I just say something yeah, real quick? Go for it, absolutely. I just want to recommend, since I didn't recommend a movie, this has oh, nothing yeah. to do with uh, the Yeti. Yeti. 
but I, I finally watched the new Dune and it fucking rolls. Three <gasps> is about that. I watched it like twice in a row. And it's like Dune three hours long. Super fucking. And then I watched the David Lynch one and that movie rules too, but the new one's awesome. I wish I could give you a number for how many times I've watched Dune. I like, like totally get it now. It's like in the I've never thousands. read the books. I've never understood like the it's fandom behind it, but now like I get it. I'm pretty like, hard. This movie's awesome. It's I want like to read the books and shit. Pretty hard. And I have Maybe we'll it, do so an like, episode talking about it. Like, yeah, the books are super it, dense, it huh? It's so Yeah, yeah. All yeah, right, you guys. Well, fucking awesome. New Dune is fire. Nerd alert. I want you all to follow us on all of the socials. Bree, what's yours? At Matt Spree on Twitter. You can also find me on like the Instagram, I think. About nice. the same thing. I'm, Baby, not at, what about you? I'm not good though. I, I forget. <laughs> I uh, I at Pinball Bobby on Instagram and Twitter. Those are my public ones. Ooh, what about you, Tokay? Don't follow me. I will piss you off. Mm. www.boomerslovebears.com. Yeah, mm. boomerslovebears.com. Hashtag gay for gates. Okay. All right. We all, love you guys. Okay. And we'll see you guys on Thursday for Uninformed. We love you and deuces. Have a great evening. Peace.